0: Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 30, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're going to go over a couple of things. We're going to reiterate some stuff from last night. I'm going to expand upon a couple of things. We're going to give the near-term outlook. We're going to give the intermediate-term outlook. And we're going to give the longer-term outlook. We're going to put together and continue to put together the schematic of what the market is likely doing. So right now, the market had what we'll call a slight pullback day. Now, we're not surprised because we know we're at a very important area. 458 was that number that we were focused on. The market is still above 458. So two days in a row, it gets above 458, runs some tests of and below 458, and continues to close above. So here's the way we're going to look at this. It's very simple. As long as the market is above those pivots, we'll call it 458 and continues to close daily above there, then they're likely eating time off the clock or beginning to already push higher into a zone to be determined later if the market pushes higher. We talked a little bit about it last night. We'll call it 465, give or take. That's really the next target, but that's not necessarily the end of the road for the SPY. And those other two numbers that were up there earlier, that was from an intraday perspective. That was from inside the numbers. If the market was going up today, that was what we were looking for, for A, a target B, overhead resistance. We didn't need that stuff. I just left it on my chart, forgot to take it off before the video. I think in this, the market can actually get as high as, let's say, 470, 471. However, it's not going to do that without a pullback. So here comes the schematic conversation. We've done some of this a number of times, but I think it's worth doing again because the market, while above 458, it's due for a pullback. They didn't fill a gap down here today. They missed it by inches. Okay, fair enough. Maybe that's bullish. They close back above 458. Doesn't mean they can't push higher into the end of the quarter, which is tomorrow That, by the way, is kind of normal garden variety behavior. They don't have to do that, but nobody's going to be surprised if they do do that. But let's go out a little bit further. Let's say the market pulls back. So the market pulls back either like this, and it continues to just drip lower day after day after day. It's, let's call it, a bullish formation. It would begin to look like this. That's building energy, winding up, resetting of the or recocking of the weapon for another push higher, and that's where you may go as high as 470, 471. It depends on what kind of a pullback we get and for how long it lasts. So let's say it lasts for a week or so. Let's just say that. Well, yeah, that would be enough of a reset. Let's say they went down to 450 in the midst of that kind of a pullback. That's good for a reset, and another run higher. Doesn't mean it has to be that. I'm just saying, if you see that, it's not necessarily bearish. We get below certain stuff, and we'll talk about it at the time, then things may flip to the bearish camp, but right now, we're in the bullish scenario, and we're still looking for higher numbers yet. Let's say they don't really pull back. Let's say they continue up. You're more likely to peter out about 465 before getting up to 470, then you would have a pullback, and then who knows what the market would do from that. So, for example, let's say you went up tomorrow, you went up on Friday, you went up on Monday, likely you're gonna find some kind of overhead resistance at 465 that would tend to reject the market a little bit, as opposed to pulling back first and then going back up later. I'm less likely to look at 465 the same. I'm more likely to look at 470 if we get an appropriate recocking of the weapon. So that's just kind of on my mind, inside my head, dangerous place to be. We're projecting, it's a potential schematic. I'm just saying this is one of the things that I might be looking for. We'll say that still above 458, we're just saying the market is in a bullish position. End of story below 458, and we're more apt to start believing in more of a pullback coming over several days. But above 458, they're still pushing higher. Another thing we're watching from a weekly perspective, breakdown candle high. Remember, we're calling it 460. It's just below. 460, it's important from an intraday perspective, not because of that. More from a psychological perspective, big fat round number perspective, Most people don't know that it's the high of that breakdown candle. But here's where we're going with that. Where do we finish the week? If we finish the week above 460, that's very bullish. They're likely already filling the gap, and who knows what's going on from there. But finishing above 460 is certainly bullish. Finishing below 460 doesn't mean they won't do it later. It just means another rejection from another important price and it doesn't have to be a rejection let me correct myself just can't get through it yet it's a very important spot my opinion which is worth the paper it's written on my opinion is they won't close the week above that number doesn't mean they won't it means i don't believe they'll do it while we're still on the long-term chart i want to address something else So this is coupled with something I just said and also things that happen or don't happen from the lazy swing trader. So the market went up in a couple of weeks really far, really fast. So A, I don't believe they're going to keep going, not just because they went up fast and they went up far. The market can go as far and as fast as people believe, won't believe, goes farther. It does the thing you don't ever believe it's going to do, all that stuff, remember. The market is designed to trick, trap, fool, and frustrate and make fools out of as many traders and investors as much of the time as possible. So on one hand, from a technical analyst perspective, I'm bullish above 458, but I'm not buying the market. I'm not willing to buy the market after a run like this. It's not a prudent thing to do. Might miss an opportunity, but it's not the prudent thing to do. Now we go over to lazy swing trader. It's been a few days since we had a new swing trade relative to the stock market. Why is that? Because of what I just said. I'm not willing to fight the market. So even though the market might go higher, the odds favor that we're going to at least stall out here, pull back a little bit. So I don't want to get into a new trade while I believe the market is in a position to be in a pullback type of situation. That's the thinking. That's inside my head. Dangerous place to be. It seems logical thinking to me. You know, that common sense market analysis thing. It's just common sense to me not to buy the market up here. Remember yesterday we talked about the 120 chart? We looked at the breakup candle, the low. It's right around 458 anyway. The actual low was 457.96. They closed below it today, but then they closed right back above it in the next candle. We'll see what happens in the morning because the next candle technically closed because the market closed, but it's a partial. But even though it's a partial, they still did it. And it coincides with 458 for a different reason. They did not fill the gap, they came close, but they didn't fill the gap, which is interesting. It means one of two things, which we'll find out in the morning. It means that was bullish and they couldn't even get down there to fill it. It's the uptrend pulling price up. That's really what happens in a bullish uptrending market. They can't get to stuff on the downside, not every time, but sometimes, and this is representative of that, or tomorrow you'll probably find the market gapping below the gap, down below the gap, and going somewhere else. Those are the two scenarios. If the market's bullish and it's gapping higher or trading higher in the morning, then we can turn back and say, you see, the market couldn't even get down to the gap. You don't know some of this till you have to be the Money Morning quarterback. However, it is what it is. Just to be fair about it, I wouldn't have bet while they were coming close this afternoon. I wouldn't have bet that they weren't going to fill the gap. I wasn't going to buy the market in front of that once they got below 458 and they were staying down there. The market was dripping. I would have liked to buy the market. In fact, I was on doing a Q&A with the Inside the Numbers live room. The market started to come lower. I was interested in trading it around 458.50 down to 458 at the time. And that was really up in this area over here, 10.30, 11 o'clock this morning. And they never got there. So then they run sideways for a while. They're dripping lower. You don't want the trade at that point. And that's when they break lower. It was actually this candle here. When I was on with the live room, it was the 10.30 to 11.30 candle. This is the hourly chart. I was looking to buy, let's just say, 4.58.50, a spike of it, down to 4.58 even. They knew I was trying to be a hot shot in the live room, wanted to do a live trade, wanted everyone to see it work. So what do they do? They come up short. Who did that? Yeah, Trick and company. Let's check out inside the numbers. First, we'll look at the commentary. And then we'll circle back to stocks on the move. They were pulling back slightly overnight, normal garden variety behavior. Again, 460. We're focused on that. They were hanging around in the pre-market 460. It's an important spot. We know why. We already talked about it. Getting below opens the door for a test of another zone. So in the pre-market at zero dark 30, we're looking at 458.40 to 457.50. That was if they're flushing the market, if they're trading heavy, hard, and fast we have a zone. When the market opens and it's quiet, we can narrow down the zone based on current information, events, current price action. If they stage a rally, same price from yesterday, it's kind of a repeat performance type of market. They hadn't really gone anywhere. That was one of the numbers you saw on the upside. They didn't get there, but it's on the board. You never know. You have to be prepared showing up to the ballpark. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. 460, we're watching that. Then we had a quick trade from Stocks on the Move. We'll circle back to those later. Two trades from Stocks on the Move. Let me correct myself. So right out of the gate, I'm saying I'm a willing buyer down at 458.50. Now the market went back and forth. I'm going to let you pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts. What you'll find is it was a pretty quiet market, a slow market, and a dripping slash creeping market. 460. Once they get below that, the door opens for the number I wanted to buy. But yet, they never got there in the morning session. They creeped into it later and then they rallied back to close above it. That was basically the whole day. I would have bought it here, didn't give me the opportunity, was a little bit annoyed at that. But that's the life of a trader. And that was pretty much the whole day in terms of the SPY. Again, pause the video, read the notes. You'll see a lot of stuff in there. We're analyzing the market. I'm giving you both sides of the tape, regardless of what they're doing, but they didn't do anything. But it's a good thing we have something for everybody. So we had stocks on the move today. We had five on the list. Two hit their entry objectives or targets was Wayfair, W, and Chewy, C-H-W-Y. The others did not. One came close. Mohawk, we'll take a look at that. I always like to look at the heartbreakers. F-I-V-E and A-E-R did not. They're off the table. They're no trades, as was Mohawk anyway. Here's Heartbreak Hotel. 130.60 was my number on Mohawk. Guess what? Low in this candle, 130.73. Low in this candle, 130.73. Rocket ride following. They pulled up short. Life of a trader. But the takeaway is, even though they came up short, the takeaway is that's an important place the numbers work. About Wayfair, 119.85 is my number. Opening print, 119.86. A lot of traders in the room got this. Jordan got this in the room. Got some notes from traders in email from inside the numbers that got this. This was a nice little rocket ride. About Chewy, same routine, getting a haircut, 43.40, came into it, bounced around, did the thing, came down for a retest, never retested the number. Went back up. So traders were able to get minimum required base hit and then a lot more, just like the Wayfair trade. And look at this into the end of the day, the second number, 4177. Again, on the board, zero dark thirty. Look at this. I don't think they got there. 4180. They never got to the number. They pulled up three pennies short. Look what happens into the end of the day. Pretty amazing stuff with these numbers. Sometimes, again, with the light volume type of market we had today, quiet markets. They tend not to get to the numbers on the downside. What do we call that? Well, in technical terms, we call it a screw job. But nobody's looking for a trade like this into the end of the day. No time left on the clock. You don't want to be stuck with this thing overnight, and then all of a sudden, what are you doing overnight? Can't do anything about the trade, so what do you do? You start searching for news articles that support your position. It's called confirmation bias. It's also what traders and investors do. It's part of the emotional and psychological part of trading. Anytime someone's in a position, they're thinking their book. They're talking their book. They're looking for confirmation bias. Let me go find the articles that support the case that the market's going up or this stock's going up. Let me look for articles to support the bearish case because I have already bought puts. Everybody does that. You go to YouTube. You start looking for videos that support your case. You dislike the ones that don't, and you like the ones that do. Tell me you don't do that. What's going on over in camp IWM? Pretty good wallop today. And yes, wallop is a technical term. So the SPY was down about half a percent. The IWM was down almost 2%. That's a wallop. It's my favorite market-leading indicator. They came up short of the gap, but this is what we talked about, or one of the things we talked about last night. So look at what they did. They came up short of the 100-period moving average. No accidents or coincidences. Now they've come up short of the gap. This is a breakout area. The gap, or slightly even below the gap, is a breakout area. How can I say that? Why would I say that? Well, if the market basically eight time off the clock, consolidated here, put in a bull flag pattern, call it whatever you want. So somewhere in here, technically the market broke up, Now it's coming back to check in. So the fact that it was a big down day doesn't really scare me away because it's normal garden variety market activity for it to come back and check in at a former breakout area. Now what would happen if it starts getting below these moving averages? Well, something changes. But that's not what's happening today. Weekly chart, breakdown candle high, 212.44. So the high already is 212.25 that counts for running a test, also ran into the 20 period moving average, is this, from a weekly chart perspective, what happened this week up there at that number is this garden variety market behavior to run up and have a test, not get through it right away, have price get rejected, we don't know whether it will or won't get through later, but is that normal garden variety behavior? And the answer is, yes, it is. And now look at this. So a few weeks ago, we have a breakup candle. Now they're running sideways underneath the 20-period moving average. They ran a test of the breakdown candle high. But what happens if they go sideways for another two or three weeks down here? Could they build energy to get through that breakdown candle high? We don't know they will do that. We don't know they won't do that. It's one of the things on the table. Where the umpire Calling balls and strikes, we look at the possibilities based on what chart is in front of us. The folks down at the transportation department, here's what I'll say about this. What's the likelihood they're not going to fill the gap at 16, 825, and they're going to collapse back down and not look back? It's unlikely. That's not really the way the market works. It can happen. It does happen. But is it going to happen after all this? Big breakup candle, eat time off the clock, come close, now they're going to collapse back down. They're above all the moving averages. It's bullish. This is a pullback. They could have a further pullback. It still keeps them in a bullish pattern, especially over these moving averages. And Then when they go back up later, they'll blow right on through the gap. That's the way I'm looking at this particular chart. The Q people, objectively. They ran into the 100-period moving average. They're pulling back a little bit. It's not a big deal. They did not fill the gap down below. What are the odds that all these markets don't fill their gaps down below and they just take off to the upside? About the same odds as the transports not filling the gap on the upside. It's not going to happen. They may go up for a day or two, but they're going to come back and fill this gap. Likely story that I have is they're going to fill that gap They're going to continue lower in a pullback formation, and they're going to give us another lick to the upside. That's what I think is developing inside my head. So therefore, what am I looking for? What kind of list am I compiling? I'm compiling a list of stocks that I want to buy into support because I think there's another leg higher. This is for the lazy swing trader, the XLF, the financials. So we had the thing yesterday where they got to 40, they're pulling back. As long as they're above the moving averages, there's nothing really going on. If we're in a pullback situation, is there a buy area that I would consider buying the XLF? Where is that number? 38.50 down to 38 would be interesting. I would think the market, meaning this market, the XLF, would get a bounce back in the other direction if they got down there, let's say, within the next day or two. Let's just say this week. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. Smash mouth. Similar to same routine. They missed the 200 period or 100 period moving average up above. That's where the 286.20 is. They're pulling back. They're above the other moving averages. More of a pullback's so okay. 267, 266, 265 is a zone. The better number is really 262. Don't know they give us that. But that's where I would be looking for that higher low to come in. You have a move like this, a pullback, and then another move higher. That's what I'm looking for in all these markets. Do we get what I'm looking for? How long does it take to what numbers do they pull back to? That's where I'm doing the investigative work. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.